What's up, everybody? Dave here. And before we get started with this very special second birthday episode of the show, I want to give a shout out to some wonderful people, some personal heroes of mine who have gone to patreon.com slash real Dave Jackson to kick a few bucks and help support the show. They are Chris Nelson, the top three podcast crew, Zul Geek, Eric Guess, Rick Firestone, Nick Ficori, Jill, Soccer, ZNA, Cupcake, Kyle, Christian S., Matt, aka Stormageddon, JD, Doug Leaf, Jason Emery, Rob Shack, Brian Skersha, Randall, Jake Martin, Jenny E., and we welcome in a new patron, Esteban, and many more have all once again gone to patreon.com slash real dave jackson to support the show your support is much appreciated and if you are listening you're thinking i would like to have my name read out loud i want to help support people named dave well you're in luck once again patreon.com slash real dave jackson is the place to go you'll be able to vote on episode topics for the show you'll get bonus episodes and as always you'll have my undying love and respect with all that being said, let us get on to the show. Hello, everybody. My name is Dave Jackson, and you're listening to Tales from the Backlog. This is a video games review podcast where each week I'm alone by myself talking about myself because it's my birthday. It's the podcast birthday. It's not my birthday, but it is the second birthday of Tales from the Backlog. So we're going off script. We are not talking about a game today. There's no we. It's just me. I am here to answer your questions for the annual Tales from the Backlog mailbag birthday episode. Happy birthday, Tales from the Backlog. It's your second birthday. You're two. You're going to go to preschool soon. I don't know how old kids go to preschool. I don't have kids, but we're here to celebrate the second year of Tales from the Backlog. In year two, there were 44 games covered on the show. 57 guests joined me for episodes in the past year, and there were 55 published episodes. That's right. That's more than one episode per week because... I am a maniac, apparently. So what I did is I went into the Tales from the Backlog Discord server and solicited questions from the lovely community members. I will be going through all of your questions, answering them. Uh, but before that, I would like to talk about the episodes from the past year that people seemed to like. So I, I like to do this on the podcast anniversary every year and give an updated top 10 most popular episodes of Tales from the Backlog. So I'll start with the 10th most popular episode of Tales from the Backlog, and this is one that came out in year two. It is episode 59, which was about Final Fantasy IX. And I was joined for that by Rick Firestone of Pixel Project Radio and Alejandro Ortiz from A Random Gamer's Corner. Shout out Rick and Alejandro for joining me for Final Fantasy IX which is now the 10th most popular episode of Tales from the Backlog and the most popular Final Fantasy episode on the show so far. Number nine on the most popular episodes list is another one from year two of the show. It is episode 75 about Dredge. 
I was joined in that episode by the Indian former herself, Jill Grote, and we had a nice talk about Dredge, uh, a game that may come up on the Game of the Year episode at the end of December. Uh, so yeah, episode 75 about Dredge. In the number eight spot in the top 10 is episode 79, which was about the original Baldur's Gate. And I was joined for that episode by Phil Morgan from Deleted Saved. Shout out to Phil bringing the real expertise about Baldur's Gate to that episode because I was a newbie. I did a little bit of uh, a little bit of algorithm play, releasing the Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate 2 episodes as the Baldur's Gate 3 hype was building, and hey, it seems to have paid off. So there we go. Baldur's Gate was number eight. Number seven in the top ten is episode 70 about Red Dead Redemption 2. And I was joined on that episode by Alex and Luke from Low 5 Gaming. Shout out, Alex and Luke. Uh, for their wonderful appearance on that. We had a great conversation about Red Dead Redemption 2. I love that game. Happy to see it in the top 10. Number six in the top 10. These are all games from year two of the podcast. We'll get into some of the the older deep cuts uh, after this one. But number six on the list is episode 67. And it, it just, it warms my heart that so many people wanted to listen to an episode about this. It's Chained Echoes, episode 67, with Aaron Angle. Uh, who's one of my co-hosts on a top three podcast and uh, just one of my best longtime friends. So we always get together and talk RPGs on the show. Uh, We have an episode together about Sea of Stars coming up. Uh, So yeah, we're getting together talking RPGs. Chained Echoes in the top 10. Love to see it. Now we start getting into some real on-brand Tales from the Backlog, Dave Jackson type episodes in the top five. Number five in the top 10 is episode 17, an older episode about Dark Souls, Dark Souls 1, with Jack Allen, who is the artist who drew the Tales from the Backlog logo. So if you like that logo, that's Jack. Uh, Check down on the show notes. You can check out more of his artwork. So that's in the top five, Dark Souls Number four in the top 10 most popular episodes of the show is another one from year two of the podcast. It's episode 72 about The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. This is another little algorithm play I did. I put this episode out like a week before Tears of the Kingdom came out. And hey, that shit worked. It it doesn't work all the time I try this, but it worked this time. People really wanted to hear podcasts about Breath of the Wild. I was joined on that episode by Jacob Price and Cameron Warren from the Pre-Order Bonus Podcast. Go check them out. Fantastic. Uh, You can hear me on the Pre-Order Bonus Podcast relatively soon talking about Sea of Stars. Number three in the top 10. This was one of the top episodes when I did the uh, most popular list last year. It's episode 25, about Bloodborne. That episode featured uh, our wonderful community members, Jake, aka Zulgeek, and Moon was on that episode talking about Bloodborne, uh, which we'll feel like we'll talk about Bloodborne in the questions a little bit later on. So that's number three in the list. Number two on the list was the number one episode last year. It held the number one spot for a really long time. It's fallen down to number two, How the Mighty Have Fallen, Episode 7, about Dragon's Dogma, still the second most popular episode on the show, and one of the biggest surprises, but 
it's not a huge surprise because people that love Dragon's Dogma love Dragon's Dogma. And I liked it a lot too. I had a lot of fun talking with Adam Rivera on that episode. So happy to see that people are still looking up Dragon's Dogma podcasts. And the number one spot in the top 10, a real surge in year two, episode 36 about Elden Ring. Not a giant surprise to me, although sometimes it is surprising. Sometimes you put out podcasts about really popular games and they don't get that many listens. And I think it's just because like there's so many other podcasts about it. Like how many people are doing podcasts about Dragon's Dogma or Chained Echoes? Like I, I kind of get that. You know, go in the search bar, you search Chained Echoes, you're not going to find 10 million people doing podcasts about it. Although they should, 10 million people should be. But yeah, Elden Ring, number one spot. That's with Ryan from List Off Podcast. Shout out to Ryan. And that is the top 10. I will revisit the top 10 in the third birthday episode. Also, just want to give a, a quick thing. Like I, I have some pretty high episode numbers here. Episode 79, 75, 70. As of the time of recording this, I have recorded 99 games on the show. The next recording I do next week will be game number 100 on Tales from the Backlog. And that is a monumentous uh, milestone for a podcast. Most podcasts don't make it to episode number 10, uh, statistically, and we're on game number 100 coming up soon. So I'm real excited about that. And um, it, it's been amazing that everyone wants to listen. So that is the little preamble. We're going to take a little music break. And when we come back, I'm going to answer your questions. Let's go. So the first question in the mailbag, we're going to start with the patrons of the show. If you want to help support this show as we go into year three, you can go to patreon.com slash real Dave Jackson. All patrons get some real cool Tales from the Backlog perks. I run monthly polls for what games I should cover on the show from my backlog. All patrons can vote in those. All patrons get some bonus episodes every now and then. And then as we go up and up, we have some other special perks. We have my bonus retro gaming show called Tales from the Way Backlog. Sorry, Tales from the Way Backlog, where I cover retro games at least 30 years or older. Really putting me out of my comfort zone on that show. I enjoy that experience. And as we go even higher from that in the tiers, patrons at the $10 level can submit games to be included in polls on the show. I'm also working on a, a higher tier where you can just say, hey, Dave, play this game and do it on the show. We'll see. Patreon announcements coming up. Once again, patreon.com slash Jackson. On to the questions. Starting with the patrons. First up, we have podcaster extraordinaire and great friend of the tube, Matt, aka Stormageddon, who is a patron from the Fun and Games Reignite and Screen Snark podcasts. Matt asks... What has been the hardest thing for you since starting the show, and has it gotten any easier? So, first of all, I did not prepare answers to any of these questions. We're going totally off the cuff. The thing that's hardest for me, and I'm not going to use the standard answer of time, which is obviously time commitment is the most uh, unexpected difficulty for doing podcasts or YouTube videos or any kind of creative endeavor, 
So I'm not going to use that one. Editing, stuff like that. It takes time. The hardest thing for me is that I am so excited about the things that I want to do on the show, the games I want to cover, the guests I want to have on the podcast, that I overschedule and I have too many things that I want to do. And sometimes I get a little bit stressed out because I I look at this list of people I want to talk to on the show, people I want to have back on the podcast for second, third, fourth, fifth times, games I want to talk about. And there's just too much. And I have to really rein it back. I have to slap my wrist with a ruler and say, Dave, you can't schedule things five months in advance. That's ridiculous. When you get to that time, are you going to want to play that game anymore? So in order to stay in that like happy zone where I'm playing the games that I want to play and talking about the games that I want to talk about, I need to rein in the instinct to overschedule and overcommit. So that's hard. Has it gotten easier? No, it's gotten harder uh, because as I get more comfortable and as I meet more people, hear more people on podcasts such as the Fun and Games podcast, especially that side quest series, every time I hear a side quest episode, I go, shit, I'll get that person on the podcast. So no, it has not gotten easier. It's gotten harder. Thank you, Matt. Next up is Randall, who's a patron. Thank you, Randall. Uh, Randall has asked, has creating work around this hobby, video games, made you enjoy the hobby less? Have you gained any meaningful connections through the creation of this project? Um, To answer the first question, has it made me enjoy the hobby less? No, not at all. It has sharpened my eye, my critical eye, I suppose, is sharpened the right verb there? I don't know. It's sharpened my critical eye for the games that I play, but no, it has not made me enjoy playing video games less. It does kind of suck when I, I, cause I am committed to finishing games for the podcast. So when I'm playing a game that I don't particularly like, I'm putting that critical eye on it. So I want to finish it. I want to have a full critical opinion about it. If I wasn't doing the podcast, I would just stop playing. So yeah, that experience is not great, but overall, do I enjoy playing games less? No, not in the slightest. Uh, it's still great. Still my favorite. Second question, have you gained any meaningful connections? I, Randall, dude, I have gained so many meaningful connections through the creation of uh, the podcast. Look no further than people like you in the Discord server, around Discord land, other podcasters that I've met, all the guests that I've had on the show, other than like maybe three or four guests I've had on the show. They're all people I've met because I started this podcast or because I started my other podcast, Top 3. All of those are meaningful connections to me. Everybody in the Discord server that wants to come in and talk about video games in a place that I set up, that's a meaningful connection. So yeah, so many, more than I could possibly name. Thank you for the questions, Randall. Next up, Chris N., longtime patron. Thank you, Chris. Chris asks, have you ever gone into an episode with opinions and left with them changed by the guest? That's tough. I have not had my overall opinion on a game changed by a guest. I'm, call me stubborn, I suppose, but I have gone into lots of episodes with my opinion and thought I am set and I think that I have the right thought here. And then I've had several conversations on the show where the guests have articulated their opinion well, and 
made me see a different perspective, but I have not really had my opinion changed by a guest. Thanks for the question, Chris. Next up, we have another Chris, Chris C., who's a patron and one of the hosts of the wonderful Retro Hangover podcast. Uh, Chris is not asking a video game question. Chris asks, if the Cleveland Browns didn't exist, what would your favorite team be? Why would it be the Browns 1.0, a.k.a. the Ravens? So, uh, first of all, fuck you. But as Chris is referring to, for people who don't know, because I have, I don't talk sports on this podcast very often, I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. Um, it, it is a, it's a terrible life. I don't recommend it to anybody. Um, if the Browns didn't exist, my favorite team would most certainly not be an AFC North team. I hate all of them. It would probably be like the Bills. I like the Bills. Shout out to Rat Boy. I like the Bills. Yeah, I'm going to say my favorite team would be the Bills. Another, just another, why, why would I not pick teams with dynasties? But I'm going with the Bills. Uh, never the Ravens. Thank you, Chris. Next question comes from Adam B., who's a patron from the Halftone Takes podcast. Wonderful discussion podcast. Check out Halftone Takes. Adam asks, what did the snail say to the doctor when the doctor asked the snail what happened to the snail when the snail was ran over by the turtle? Well, you see, Adam, the snail is not in a position to ask any questions when the snail was ran over by the turtle, so the snail couldn't ask the doctor what the doctor asked the snail when the snail was ran over by the turtle. I hope that makes sense. You're a smart guy. I think you'll get it. Thank you, Adam. Next question comes from Charlie, who's a patron. Charlie asks, what is your family media consumption like as someone who consumes video games almost exclusively over TVs and movies? TVs? Yeah, TVs. <laughs> that was my mistake, not Charlie's. And as someone who hates co-op gaming, aka, what do you and Hua do together? So Charlie's right. I don't like playing co-op games, um, and I don't watch that many movies. I don't watch that many TVs. And so Charlie's asking, what do my wife and I do together when we, we consume different types of media? Well, we watch some stuff together every now and then when we get the idea to, of, a, of a movie we both want to watch. Uh, we hang out with our dog. We take him for walks. We go for hikes. We go out and do stuff mostly on the weekends. We chill during the week most of the time. Uh, so that is like the, I guess, media consumption would be uh, sometimes we watch stuff together, but we have we have really different tastes as far as the stuff that we watch. On a very rare occasion, we'll find a game to play together. It has happened. Uh, we played Unravel 2 together. That was a good time. It does happen from time to time, but it is a good question. One of the things that's cool about it is since we do have different tastes, we just, you know, we spend time doing the stuff that we want to do. And we hang out together, but it's not a situation where it's pressure to do everything together. That just wouldn't work. Thank you, Charlie. Next question comes from Dog Nozzle, who's a patron. Dog Nozzle asks, do you feel like you have an obligation to finish every game covered on the show, or is there an I get it point where it's okay to bail out? Good question. If it's a game with a story, yes, I, I do finish everything. Sometimes I, I will watch extra endings on YouTube like, I'm not going to replay, there's some games I'm thinking, like Signalis. I'm not going to replay Signalis three times to get all the endings, despite loving Signalis. Uh, so I'll watch those on YouTube, yeah. But if it's a game with a story, I will finish the story. 
uh, if there is a game that doesn't have a story and it's just kind of one of those games that you play forever and ever, um, I don't force myself to finish all the content. Like, let's say hypothetically, I cover Slay the Spire on the podcast. I'm not doing all the Ascension levels with all the characters. Fuck that. Even though I love Slay the Spire. So yeah, I do finish everything. I need to have a well-rounded opinion on the story and I need to experience it myself. Um, I have problems with paying attention when I'm like watching something on YouTube. So I can't just like watch and then take notes and then remember it like it was my own experience, you know? Thank you, Dog Nozzle. Next question comes from Ryan, who's a patron from List Off. What's up, Ryan? The guest on the number one episode of Tales from the Backlog. Ryan asks, which developer not named from software do you find to be the most consistent in terms of quality? Which developer is your favorite? Again, not named from software. And Ryan's asking this because Ryan knows that I think that From Software puts out consistently really, really great games. So most consistent in terms of quality. All right, I'm going to give a cop-out answer, and then I'm going to give like the first answer that came to my head. The cop-out answer is to say Nintendo. Nintendo puts out quality. Um, I, I don't really, I'm not there for everything that they put out. Like I, I didn't play Pikmin, for example, but like enough people have raved about Pikmin where I'm like, yeah, obviously Pikmin's good. People like it. The Mario games are good. I love what they're doing with the Zelda series. They crushed it with that Metroid remaster. Nintendo puts out quality. So that's the cheap answer. The other answer I'll give is Larian Studios, uh, makers of Baldur's Gate 3, but also before that, the Divinity Original Sin games. And I don't want to like dig too deep into their history because then we're talking about games that are 15, 20 plus years old. I'm going to say that Larian is consistent in the last decade. The games they've put out have all been absolutely awesome. Which developer is my favorite other than From Software? If I have to give one that's not Larian, um, I appreciate Supergiant a lot. I appreciate the the big creative swings that they take. I'm a little bit disappointed that they're not doing something different and that they're going with Hades too, but um, I don't blame them for trying to secure the bag after, you know, fighting and doing early access and stuff like that for a long time. I guess to give another answer for a developer that I really love, I really love Ryuga Gotoku, pronunciation, RGG. We'll just say RGG from now on, makers of the Yakuza, the Like a Dragon franchise. They are just crushing it. Every Yakuza game is fantastic. So yeah, I'll throw them in there. Every time they put out a new one in the series, I'm there for it. So thank you, Ryan. That's all the questions from the patrons. We'll take another music break. And when we come back, we will get a lot of other questions from Discord server members. So the first question comes from Parallax Puddles. What's up, Puddles? Puddles asks, what is your favorite thing about doing the podcast? My favorite thing about doing the podcast is having a uh, creative outlet and making me think in a different way about the 
the thing that I say is my favorite type of media about video games. Uh, it's forced me to think about why I like things and why I don't like things and be able to articulate that. And that's valuable to me as someone who, for the longest time, would say that I do not have any creative bone in my body, basically. That's my, and uh, the other favorite thing is, of course, meeting all of the wonderful people that I've met through doing the podcast, like I talked about before. All the guests, all the community members, everything like that. It's been fantastic. Puddles also asked, what's your favorite episode of the podcast? This is tough because there's lots of episodes that I like for different reasons. Um, I really liked that discussion about The Last of Us Part Two um, because I think it was a very good, very nuanced conversation, some back and forth about different stuff about a game that seemingly has no nuance out there. Uh, so that was great. I think the most fun I've ever had doing an episode was the It Takes Two episode that I did with Aaron. That is the funniest episode, just because that game, that the story is embarrassing. And we had a lot of fun dunking on the story in that episode. So there's a couple. Also, shout out to an early episode of the show that I did with Rick from Pixel Project Radio about Disco Elysium. That was one of the first episodes where I felt like we really drilled into the things that I wanted to drill into. Um, and as a result, that episode's almost four hours long. So fantastic stuff there. Thank you, Puddles. Next question comes from Jala from the wonderful Jala Chan's Place podcast and The Level podcast. Jala asks, how has your perspective on games changed as a result of podcasting about them with others? That one I feel like I've kind of answered already, but specifically podcasting about them with others. I feel like when I do episodes of the show, I need to be prepared and I need to have my thoughts in a coherent fashion as I go into the recording session. Um, so my perspective is changed because I'm, I'm looking at them, you know, with a more critical eye than I would have if I'm not, you know, doing this project. And I feel the need to, I take notes more. I try to notice things more. Um, I, I make an effort. It doesn't always work out this way. Some games is just the way it goes, but I make an effort to just not let things wash over me as much. I, I like to, uh, try to have more of an opinion there that I can like coherently explain and back up. So that puts you in a different mindset when you're playing and, you know, taking notes and stuff like that. So perspective on individual games has changed because of the mindset I have when I'm playing them for the podcast. My perspective on games as a whole has not really changed. If anything, I think that like the the success rate for games on the show, like games I like versus games I don't like is high enough that I'm like, it used to be something I didn't think about, but now I think about it more because I think I, I'm aware that there are so many good games out there. So like the perspective on games as a whole, and I guess podcasting with others, I've gained the perspective and the opinion that the video gaming industry is super volatile, but the, the product has never been better. Like your access to good video games has never been better than it is right now. And that's not something that I used to think about so much. So I think I'll, I'll go with that. Thank you for the question, Jala. Next question is from Thrak. 
from the 3DO Experience podcast, Thrak asks, if your favorite food was your favorite color, would it look appetizing? My favorite food, um, I'm going to say, is dumplings, I think, like specifically Korean, like Japanese, that style dumplings. Dim sum, we'll say. We will expand it to, you know what, fuck it. We're saying dumplings from all cultures except for like the American chicken and dumplings. Those are not the same thing. But you throw in pierogies in there. Yeah, we'll say those are my favorite food. Now, if they're my favorite color, which is purple, would it look as appetizing? No, it it would not. Um, That would put up alarm bells. There's not a whole lot of purple foods out there. I'd still eat them though, 100%. Uh, Thrak also asks, when are we going to talk about Sonic, you coward? And the answer to that is, don't hold your breath, buddy. Thank you for the questions, Thrak. Next question is from Artful Scruff. Which game on the podcast was the biggest slog to get through? And that is an easy answer. The game was Eastward. And that was a game that I thought would make like a nice 10 hour experience. And that shit was like 25 hours long. And the difference between expecting or thinking that a game is paced for a 10 hour experience and it ending up being 25 is a huge, huge amount, even though, you know, 25 hours is still shorter than a lot of video games. That was a slog to get through. I hated playing it. It's one of my least favorite games I've done on the show. Um, And it was partly because it was such a drag to get through. Thanks for the question, Artful Scruff. Next question comes from Desba, aka The Other Adam, the guest on that Dragon's Dogma episode that's holding it down in the top five. What happens if a person bites a werewolf? I'm going to go ahead and say that it doesn't cure the werewolf. What will most likely happen is the werewolf will notice that a person has bitten them and rip them to pieces. Werewolves, they don't take too kindly to people biting them. Thank you for the question, Adam. We have another Adam. Next question comes from Adam from the Revival and Extinction podcast. What has been your favorite game played this year not for the podcast? That is a good question. I'm going to have to look at my list of games that I've played this year and find the answer. So for reference, I have played, what, I don't know, 40 games for the podcast this year. Did I say it at the top of the podcast? I did. I said 44. Uh, So 44 games, but I've actually finished, I think, 62. So there have been quite a few that I've played and finished um, that did not end up being episodes on the podcast. So let's see here. Um, I did have an episode planned for Cuphead that I um, something came up and we weren't able to record that. So kind of holding that in the bank. Um, I loved Cuphead, so that's an early contender as I scroll through the list. I played Bleak Sword DX, which was a newer game that came out. It was an older mobile game that got ported to Steam and modern consoles. I loved that. That was awesome. Bleak Sword DX. And for the last one, I'm going to cheat a little bit, but I did an episode on the Patreon. It was only for the Patreon. It wasn't planned. It was just because I played this game and I was like, holy shit, I got to talk about it. So I did an episode on the Patreon available for all patrons. It was about immortality and it's kind of a cheat. So it's not my real answer, but I loved immortality so much. So yeah, we'll, we'll say immortality, bleak sword DX and cuphead. Yeah. 
and we'll see if they make it on the show. Uh, Adam also asks, how do you pick games for the show? The reason most games come on the show is they're because I want to play them. They're just, you know, I want to play. Like right now I'm playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. It's going to be an episode on the show. The reason I'm doing it for the show is because I wanted to replay it. And I guess part of it is that I can't, with how long it takes to play games, I can't play a 35-hour game and not do a podcast about it. But I want to do a podcast about 7 Remake because I have a lot of stuff to say. So that's how most of them happen. It's just like, oh, a new game's coming out. I really want to play it. And it's interesting enough to talk about. Well, we'll do an episode then. There are some where I work with guests to figure out a game to play, and I'll send them my like my curated backlog list and say, is there anything here that you really want to play? And we'll pick something. Or I'll ask them, hey, what are you looking for to get out of the backlog and we'll see if there's any overlap. So that's how I pick the games for the show. Most of the time, though, it's just, hey, I want to play this. Well, it's going on the show. And last question from Adam is, are there any games that are sitting on the cutting room floor? Not that I like planned to do an episode and then, oh, there is one. So there's one game that I planned to do an episode. I started playing it and I was like, this kind of, ah, I don't want to, I don't want to play this for, for, 15 more hours. And that was sports story that came out like in the winter, I think. And I started because I loved golf story and I was planning to do an episode and I started playing sports story. I played like two hours and I was like, this kind of, this kind of sucks. Uh, do I really want to play this? And so I, I messaged, uh, Aaron, Aaron angle, who's supposed to be my guest on that episode. And I was like, I don't really want to do this. Let's do something else. And we ended up doing Chained Echoes instead. And I call that a win. So thank you, Adam. Thank you for the questions. Next question is from Aaron Engel, uh, one of my co-hosts on a top three podcast. The guest on said episode about Chained Echoes. Aaron asks, will you play Fortnite with me? The answer is, yeah, I played with you last night, dude. What are you talking about? Next question is from Nomad from the Retro Wildlands podcast. Nomad asks, what lesson or piece of advice that you've picked up over the last two years would you have given to your past self as you're embarking on this podcast journey? It's, I don't have like, you know, wise sage podcaster advice to give my former self. I would just, you know, I feel like a lot of people start podcasts and they just really underestimate the effort that it takes to keep it going. It's easy to make one or two, or five episodes of a podcast, but it's not easy to keep a podcast going for 100 episodes. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of compromise with other stuff that you want to do. It takes a lot of prioritization to make sure you're still doing the things that you should do above your hobby. So that's kind of the lesson I would give to my former self, is to not underestimate how much of an undertaking it actually is. And a lot of the people you know, part of the community are also podcasters. So y'all know. Thanks for the question, Nomad. Next question comes from Snack Taku, uh, owner of the best Discord avatar I've ever seen. What up, Snack Taku? They ask, favorite Christmas-themed video game? Uh, that is a good question. I don't know. Let me think. I think the only game I can think of that I really like that is set during Christmas time and it's not a Christmas game. It's not a themed Christmas game. It's just set during Christmas time. Is Spider-Man Miles Morales? That game rules, and it's set during the holidays. So 
we will go with that as the answer. But I, I can't think of another like Christmas game. Other uh, question from Snack Taku: Which video game gets more hate than it deserves? I think that the original Legend of Zelda gets more hate than it deserves from a lot of people, unexpected sources. I had a pretty good time when I played it for the first time recently, and I'm not somebody who like really loves going back and playing old games all the time. The amount of hate that it gets made me expect just a terrible experience, and that was not not what I thought. So yeah, I'm going to say the original Legend of Zelda. You People out there might be screaming and being like, that game's so popular. What are you talking about? Everyone loves that game. A lot of people seem to shit on it. So that's my answer. Um, if you have an objection, you can make your own podcast. How about that? Thanks for the question, Snack Taku. Next question comes from Pyboy from the Discord server. What's up, Pyboy? Lots of questions here. Uh, any types of mechanics that you have strong opinions about, positive or negative? For example, timers, tank controls, survival meters, etc. Uh, that's you, you list, I, I will just go through the ones you listed. I don't like timers, um, especially if they're restrictive. I'm thinking of like the final boss fight in Metal Gear Solid 1 would be a bad boss fight, but it has a timer. So it's like an all time dog shit boss fight. Tank controls. I like, I don't like them. There's some games where I enjoy them more than others. I recently played through the original Tomb Raider and the original Resident Evil. I liked the tank controls more in Tomb Raider while still not loving them, if that makes sense. Um, I'm glad tank controls have gone the way of the buffalo. Survival meters, I don't like that. I don't want to gather food and water in video games. I'm playing video games because I want to like not think about resources to survive and other stuff that happens in real life. That's not true. I'm playing video games to fuck myself up emotionally just as much as you all are. But survival meters, I, I don't want to hunt food to eat in most video games. Uh, other mechanics that I have strong opinions about, I think the trend, I think like stuff like Stardew Valley and Breath of the Wild have made a lot of developers realize that they can just throw farming and crafting and cooking mini games into their game because it's cheap, it's cheap to give me three bundles of wheat as treasure in a game. But it doesn't work for everybody, and I don't like it in most games. I don't want to make my own farm. Stardew Valley is a very special thing where I got hooked on making my own farm and making like a raspberry jam empire. I don't want to do that in most games, though. I don't want to build bases. Um, I've, I haven't played Fallout 4 because I don't want to fucking make a settlement. I don't want to do that. So I guess I do have a strong opinion about that kind of stuff. Gathering, crafting, cooking, farming type systems. I don't think they belong in most games. I think that they're there because they're cheap forms of engagement. Another pie boy question. Uh, maybe a boring one or already done already, but favorite game covered on the show? Favorite game period? I've covered a lot of my favorite games. Part of the good part about doing the podcast is I get to pick what games I do episodes about. And so as a result, a lot of my favorite games, I have made it a point to replay and then done podcast episodes about. So I, I feel like I've covered a lot of my favorite games. So stuff like Bloodborne, Dark Souls, Disco Elysium, 
Baldur's Gate 3 is going to be up there once I finish that goddamn game. It'll be on the podcast for sure. There's no way I can play a 100-hour game and not do an episode about it. That would be ridiculous. Uh, I, the, my experience playing Elden Ring is one of my favorite experiences ever. Um, I'll give you some like lesser known games, I suppose that I've done on the show and like really loved, uh, love the game, love the discussion. Um, I did an episode about what's that game called before your eyes, uh, the game that tracks your blinks. That was awesome. Um, that's, that is, I don't, I wouldn't say that that's like a favorite game of mine, but it is like a really incredible gaming experience, interactive experience. I did that episode with Brian from the uh, Cane and Rinse and um, Character Issues podcast. Good discussion there. I've covered some of my other favorites like Final Fantasy VI, Final Fantasy X. The discussion about Spiritfarer on the podcast was great. That was with Charlie and Lauren. Uh, discussion about like the story and characters in Spiritfarer. That was fantastic. That was that was one of those where I like I like set up an episode. I had an expectation for like what I wanted the spoiler section especially to be like, and we absolutely nailed what I wanted it to be. It's a great feeling. So yeah, that we'll 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 stop there. So I'll stop patting myself on the back. <laughs> That's what this whole episode is. This is just me patting myself on the back for an hour. Um, all right. Last question from Pie Boy. Soulsborne game tier list. Go. Demon Souls to Elden Ring. Okay. Uh, S tier. I'm going with shit. I thought I could do this off the top, uh, like with no prep. All right. S tier. I'm going with Bloodborne. A tier. I'm going with Elden Ring, Dark Souls 1, B tier, Demon Souls, Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3. And then just for fun, Sekiro's in that B tier too. And it's not it's not because like I'm like, oh, Dark Souls 2, 6 out of 10. Like I, I love all of these games, which is why I didn't go lower than B, I suppose. It's just I wanted to differentiate. That's what a tier list is. You want to differentiate them. You want to put them in the tiers. I think Bloodborne is a work all by itself. It is an achievement all by itself. Elden Ring and Dark Souls 1 in the A tier makes sense to me. Thanks for the questions, Pie Boy. We have a few more write-ins. <laughs> we have Dischimera from the Game Over Hell YouTube channel. What's up, Dischimera? What's your favorite Xenoblade game and why? Uh, so I played all three of the Xenoblade Chronicles uh, trilogy. I did not play X yet. That's on my wish list. Maybe I should throw that in my like backlog resolutions for next year. My favorite Xenoblade game is Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and it's because I... No, that's not true. I was going to say I connected with the story more, but I, I like the story in three better than two. But I think I like two more because I liked the gameplay most, most while also connecting with the story. And I, I don't like the gameplay in Xenoblade 1 or 3 all that much. I liked it a lot in two, and I connected with the story, and it has some of my favorite music. Yeah, Xenoblade 2. That's my favorite. Thanks for the question. Next question comes from Chris T from the Lightning Strikes Thrice podcast. Chris asks, why haven't you read a book this year? <laughs> uh, when I read this question, I was like, fuck, he got me. God damn it. But it's not. It's not true. He didn't get me. You didn't get me, Chris. Uh, I have read enough volumes of Berserk this year to count as one book. I'm talking the big black ones with the red lettering on the covers and stuff. 
Um, I, I went, I think I went through like four of those, getting them from the library and stuff. Uh, all of those together, those count as one book. Suck it, Chris. I win. I should read more. I've got some uh, stuff that's been sitting on my shelf for a long time that I haven't read that I should. I need to read the uh, the next Stormlight Archive book that came out, what, like two years ago now? Yeah, I got to read that shit. And the last question for this episode comes from the quiz master, Masked Keaton. Keaton asks, how important are achievements or trophies to you when playing a game? Two-part answer, I like when I get a trophy or an achievement. I like when it pops up. I like the dopamine hit. I like, especially when it's like, you did something cool. Like I, I was playing Quake earlier today and it was like, kill the Shambler without it using a lightning attack. And when I got that achievement, I was like, hell yeah, I did fuck that Shambler up. Good job, me. So I like stuff like that. Do achievements ever dictate the way I play games? No. Do I achievement chase? Nope. Have I ever gotten a platinum trophy? No. Uh, I don't care to the extent that I'm going to play a game longer than I normally would just to get trophies. I don't finish a game and then go on the platinum hunt. I don't even look at the trophy list for a lot of games. Sometimes I'll look at the trophy list to figure out how many chapters are in a game. You know, like in Yakuza games, you get a trophy every time you finish a chapter. So I'll go look and see how many chapters there are. But I'm not seeking out extra challenges. I don't get all the collectibles so I can get a trophy. I think I've said this on the show, but the last time I got all the achievements in a game was Oblivion. And that would that would have been around 2008 or so. I got all the achievements in Oblivion and it took like 300 hours and I <laughs> of I think I just got sick of achievement hunting. But that was because I I just wanted to play Oblivion for 300 hours. It wasn't because I was going for the perfect score. I just you get the you get the platinum in that game just by doing all the the guild quests, I think, and I just wanted to do those anyway. So yeah, thank you for the question, Mask Keaton. Everyone should check out the Retro Olympics on the Secret Levels podcast. Twice a year, they do a retro game quiz show, Secret Levels podcast called the Retro Olympics. Mask Keaton does the questions for that, and it's always such a fun time. Just want to give Keaton a shout out here. So that's all the questions, and that is all the patting on the back that a one man can do. I appreciate everyone who wrote in with the questions, but more importantly, I appreciate everyone who's been listening to the podcast. I appreciate everyone who's hopped in the Discord server, given feedback on the episode, talked about what they like, what they didn't like, maybe shared their thoughts on the games. That is invaluable. It's priceless. Like I said before, as someone who never considered themselves to be a creative person and never thought that I'd be making something that people would actually consume, the fact that we have as many people listening to the podcast and joining the community, supporting on Patreon especially, I can't tell you how unexpected it is. And appreciated. Much appreciated. I'm not... I would say the the guy doing the podcast is not one for words, but when it comes to this stuff, uh, the words escape. So you'll just have to take my word for it when I say that uh, it is incredibly appreciated. I appreciate everyone who supports in any way that they can across a year two of the podcast going into year three now. And I can't wait to can't wait for y'all to hear what's coming up. I have a lot of good plans. I have a lot of awesome guests that I have, uh, plans to invite on awesome guests that I have plans to invite back for multiple, uh, 
oh, multiple episodes. So that's going to be all, and I'll do the standard plugs at the end of the episode. If you are listening to this episode, this is probably not your first episode. Probably not. If it is, that's awesome. Every episode of the show other than this is talking about one specific game. Go find a game that you have been curious about, because the whole point of the show is that I do things non-spoiler as much as we can. Uh, Every episode has a different guest on, so a different flavor every episode. I'm the only constant. So go ahead and check out those other episodes. Uh, If you would like to support monetarily, again, that's patreon.com slash realdavejackson. We'd love to have you come in the Discord server and uh, chat about video games, chat about the games on the show, the show itself. Uh, But we also have, you know, a thriving community that talks about anything they want to talk about, what's going on in their lives, movies, sharing pictures of your pets, talking about the good food you've eaten, all kinds of stuff. Uh, We would love to have you. And there's an invite link down in the show notes where you can join the Discord server and join our community. And with all of that being said, I'm going to sign off. This has been a lot of solo talking. I appreciate everyone who listens and tune in next week for the next game to come out of the backlog. (music) Thank <music> you.